Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, you ready to solve another problem? Yeah, we have an insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a big question because General Milley, he's a famous general. Yeah. And if you ever seen him on TV, he has a lot of verification yeah. that he fought many, many hard battles. And <laughs> he is a hero to a lot of people. But the question came up that somebody found some material. I think they said the FBI did this. So I don't know. That's a surprise. That, that'd be great if he's, the FBI has really revealed something yeah, that is pretty important to us. But uh, we'll find out, I guess, long term uh, how this plays out. But, you know, uh, of course, he's been accused of... Uh, dealing with the communist Chinese, and immediately my ears go up because uh, I think uh, there's always too much Chinese bashing <laughs> and to yeah. get the right balance. But uh, here he was, uh, according to this book that's coming out, yeah, that he was uh, playing games with them. But of course, he was protecting our country because he was scared to death that Trump might be really committing this insurrection in Washington, D.C., and all these things going on. So we had to, had to blame Trump. So he was protecting this country against Trump. And uh, even they theoretically posed that maybe he was even thinking about bombing red china oh boy that'll get their attention yeah. but uh who 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 knows that uh who who would believe this anyway that was the story so it's uh, since it's written by woodward in a book yeah. uh, that even the left are paying attention to it even though they take a different spin than than the republicans do right now but the question came up because it's very controversial in what he did especially if it were in a time of war it could be a major major event to undermine uh the commander the real uh, uh commander in this country according to the constitution the president of the united states is the commander of, of the troops so the question comes up uh and many people are pondering this. He needs fired. He gets, you know, he, he, we, we need to take his ranks away and he doesn't deserve to be in the military ever again. Uh, and, and then uh, he, he also, uh, uh, should, should, you know, should try, be tried for treason. You yeah. know, that's, that's what some of them want to do, try him for treason, because he was given information which, you know, from what you read, read and hear, theoretically it could be really helping the enemy. And, uh, of course, that, uh, that has to be, has to be de decided on. But uh, it's, a, it's an issue that I think we're going to hear about for the next couple days. And uh, there is a uh, big question to go on. But I want to read a real quick quote from one of the early uh, constitutionalists in our government about this whole issue. Uh, you know, they might say, well, we'll just have him retire. We'll do this. Does he get his pension fund? But it's never a thought on foreign policy and the principles of liberty and what the founders have intended. Now, this will be radical, so <laughs> be, be, be prepared. This is radical. Uh, there's a few people out there, I'm sure, are going to say, yes, that is right. We should question the power and the authority and the pervasiveness of the military on the pedestal uh, uh, that, that's put on and, and, and as, as, as if the military uh, really is, uh, can do no wrong. But the, the quote I want to read uh, comes from uh, Aldrich uh, Jerry, famous 
uh, early leader in our country. He was the fifth vice president of the United States. Hmm. And he addresses this subject of how do you handle the military and what do you do and do, do we need a, a standing army? I think that is the question. I happen to think that uh, uh, we don't need a standing army in every country in the world. You know, that's easy to figure out. But, but Jerry said back then, what, sir, is the use of a militia? It is to prevent the establishment of a standing army, the bane of liberty. Whenever governments mean to invade the rights and liberties of the people, they always attempt to destroy the militia in order to raise an army upon their ruins. And I might say, well, maybe somebody would substitute in here. Uh, they have to destroy the police, <laughs> you know, and local local authorities. But anyway, they had an establishment, but that's been long lost, this whole idea about a standing army, uh, because uh, I think if you do this and build an empire, eventually the army no longer stands. It'll eventually not be a standing army at all. Yeah, well, Millie, as the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff appointed by Trump, does raise the question, aside from Colonel McGregor, did Trump appoint a single person at the high level who was remotely competent, decent, or patriotic? And I wonder, maybe we've missed someone. Let's put up that first clip, because here he is. You're right, he's got a lot of confetti on his shirt, on his uh, coat. He's got a lot of stuff there. Um, but here are the accusations. And again, it is from Bob Woodward's book, so we do have to take it uh, under consideration. Uh, how accurate it is, uh, but if accurate, it's very serious. And there are two main accusations uh, in the book. First of all, that General Milley developed back-channel relationship with the commanding general of China's People's Liberation Army, the top guy in the, Chi in, in the Chinese army, developed a back-channel, outside-chain-of-command relationship with him, uh, and he called that general to assure him, uh, in fact, that he would tip him off if Trump decided to attack China which, as you say, certainly is aiding and abetting the so-called enemy. And in fact, let's put up this next. Here's a couple of quotes of what he said, and this is the first accusation. General Lee, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything's going to be okay. That sort of reminds me of back, remember when Reagan was shot, and who was it that said, I'm in, was it Haig? I'm in charge now. <laughs> Sounds like Haig. And let's do the next one. And this is the other thing that he said. If, here's what he told General Lee. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. Shocking, shocking, if true, uh, that's one thing. And of course, it's being blown out of proportion by the right and the left because they're missing the point, but we'll go into that in a second. And then the second thing that he's accused of doing, and I think this is actually more egregious and more chilling and frightening, is summoning the top military commanders of the U.S. Uh, to the National Military Command Center inside the Pentagon on January 8th, uh, just a couple of weeks before uh, President Biden uh, took office and said, quote, he you know, told them, no matter what you were told, you do the procedure, you do the process, and I'm part of that procedure. He looked each officer in the eye and asked them to verbally agree. So essentially he's saying, you don't carry out any orders that come up, from the, up the chain of command unless they go through me. I find it just really fascinating, but not in a very positive sense. Now here, here they are, this was going on, which sounds like it's pretty darn serious and it was out of control of this type of a conversation, uh, you, you know, with a foreign power that is said by especially the, uh, the right, how, how evil and monstrous the, uh, uh, the Chinese are. A at the same time, the insurrection that wasn't an ins insurrection, uh, they take an event 
where there were there was no uh, uh, no setup for violence, no setup for a takeover, no guns involved, and then the overreaction to this yeah. uh, by by the people who claim it was an insurrection and they were all Trump supporters, and then they got excited and uh, and the uh, the police that were supposed to be there to calm things uh, uh, shoot somebody else, and it, it had nothing to do with the the Trump supporters who were you know misbehaving. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but here here it is. If you wanted to if you wanted to have an insurrection or something serious, it's here. But we heard nothing about it until now. At the same time, this the 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 insurrection according to the left is still going on, and we're going to punish those people. And they're working hard at it. It's sort of like we will never forgive any American citizen who becomes a whistleblower. They're yeah. they're permanent en enemies because truth is treason and an empire of lies, and they can't stand that. So hopefully we can contribute to digging digging out the truth and let people try to understand how these things happen. Well, the thing that's interesting about this is that generals and military officers in general, they're not diplomats, they're not policy makers, they're not lawmakers. They have absolutely no constitutional authority in any of those areas. What they do is they carry out orders from their commander in chief. Clearly what Milley did was, was not carrying out orders. It was going around, it was usurping the orders. I would say at the least anyone with a security clearance, uh, and I've had one and I know you have as well, anyone with a security clearance who would contact a foreign official and offer to give them a heads up on extremely sensitive U.S. military plans, whether or not they were going to happen, certainly would immediately have all clearances pooled. Uh, there's no question about that. But then it goes on to possible prosecution and others. And if this isn't a, uh, an insurrection, as you say, I really don't know what is. And it raises the question, you know, we all were, you know, a lot of people, were, yourself included, were called conspiracy theorists for talking about the deep state and what the deep state does and who really controls things. If anything, this gives a real boost to the idea that there is a deep state out there and it does control things and the president doesn't have much control. You know, in a way, the, the uh, persistent uh, hints at, at a coup going on and the distortion, of course, saying that, uh, that Trump was ready to take over in a coup. But uh, what, about, what about this question they asked, uh, they asked, I guess it was Blinken, they wanted to know, who, who turns the president on and off? Who tells him when to stop? Yeah, who yeah. tells him what to say? Yep, and Rice, they, yeah. they've all had help you know, on what to say and what to do, and they have their teleprompters. But uh, the, the question to him was, who, t who tells him when he's in a press conference, yeah. who turns him off? And they, all, they literally do. Yeah. They grab him and they pull him away from the microphone. Yeah. So, and, and that, if that's happening, if he's incapable or willing to go along with that, that in a way is a, uh, a, a definition that sort of comes, it isn't a coup of total power, but it certainly is a coup of, uh, of uh, you know control, you know that that they, this can be handled, and I imagine a lot of that went on every time. But under these circumstances, it, you know, when you, when you have the sixth of January, and then when you have this information coming out about this general, and then you have somebody in the presidency that we don't even know if he's the president, yeah. you know, in a serious way. That's true. I mean, Biden's ineptitude certainly does not undermine. <laughs> the idea that someone else is controlling things, someone else is the actual commander-in-chief. But there are plenty of other, even just from recent times, examples of this. We've talked about it on the show numerous times. But remember the whole, the whole first impeachment, 
where Colonel Vindman went down and testified before Congress saying, well, we had to stop Trump because his changing policy toward Ukraine was going against the interagency consensus, and he can't do that. My commander-in-chief can't change our policy. We make the policy, and it was very clear because it wasn't just Vindman. It was, at, it was person after person, the former ambassador to Ukraine, on and on and on. They said the same thing. Also, Trump being halted from ending the wars. We know that he named our friend Colonel McGregor to go in there, who authored a plan to get us out in January, and his own team went behind it. But there's another thing that's even deeper than this, Dr. Paul, uh, that is much more dangerous. And unfortunately, as you say, the left is saying he's a hero because he stopped that, that uh, insane Trump from starting <laughs> World War III as if there was ever any evidence. And the right is saying, Chicoms, Chicoms, he's with the Chicoms. Well, the, the, the real frightening part about this is that, you know, we talk about the dangers to U.S. place in the world, but this, if true, is a huge danger and it'll produce massive instability because the rest of the world is going to wonder who's in charge, who do we talk to, who do we make deals with, because obviously the president isn't in charge, and that will encourage many of these sort of rogue end runs, I think, around the, the, you know, the normal chain of command of the government. I think what it will do is create an extraordinarily dis, uh, uh, unstable world with the rest of the world having no idea how to handle America, which looks more, you know, as the empire de declines and decays, more like sort of a drunken sailor going through a china shop. You know, I frequently bring up the point that the uh, cultural Marxism, Marxism, and Marxism preaches that uh, you, you need to clean the slate, get rid of all the vestiges of anything, freedom and democracy and all this. You get rid of it, and then you rebuild it with a uh, utopia, which would be all, uh, you know, Soviet-type uh, socialism and communism. But uh, I've mentioned this because, you know, with COVID and all, they do things that make no sense. I said, well, it does make sense if you know what they're doing. They want chaos. They want people just fighting with each other and uh, contradicting themselves. And I think we have something here that, that Fauci, you know, has tended to contradict himself yeah. as well. But uh, in this case, it's, uh, it's his foreign policy. You described it so well. Nobody knows who's really in charge and they're undermining one or the other and assuming the president can't do it and, and, uh, and he falls into the trap. He looks like he can't do it. And uh, so there's chaos there. And you say, well, this is really bad for America, but it's not bad if there's any any bit of truth, which I happen to believe that there are people who would uh, work philosophically to destroy the country and manage to uh, to have everything cave in. I mean, the monetary policy, for yeah. instance, that's that's going to uh, create chaos. But in this case. This whole thing with China in particular, and, and in, in many ways, uh, you know, you know uh, Syria was the same way. And yes. The people want to do it. And, and there's chaos there. There's uncertainty. So that is in combination with the chaos in the, in the streets. So why would anybody defend the police? <laughs> you know, e even left-wingers want to know, not if they can pay for their own, you know, havens and, and protect them. Yeah. So uh, to, to me, this is just more nonsense coming from people. And that's not to say that that's absolutely a final word that uh, we we know that it I assume that is probably what's happening but it is uh, 
uh, it, it is happening, and uh, and, and the, the results can well be exactly what it looks like. The demand that the government does more for them, you know, and that we have to give up more of our liberties because look at look at what uh, this look at what they're doing to us. So it's to be safe. You you heard it, and I heard it after 9/11, yeah. and I heard it directly. Ron, Ron, we like what you're saying. But there is a time when you finally have to admit you've got to give up your liberties to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sickening statement as far as I'm concerned. Well, you mentioned the F word Fauci early, <laughs> earlier. <laughs> so we do have an interesting clip, you know, because we've, we've talked about Fauci's flip-flops over and over. He's been generally consistent in his authoritarianism. Maybe we can put it that way yeah. uh, in response to the COVID crisis. Put on your mask, get your shots, stay away from people, stay home, don't go to church, do all this stuff. Here comes another wave. There's a huge wave coming. A monster wave is coming. Basically, that's what he said. In, in response to the release of a virus, however it came about, uh, his uh, response has been authoritarian. But an interesting clip emerged of a different Fauci. It may have been a body double, I don't know, but we have a video of this, and maybe we'll put it on and have a listen to Fauci uh, talking to someone about viruses pre-COVID. To prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, wearing a mask? No, um, no, no. Don't need to do that. <laughs> you, um, if somebody's, I can see they're getting ready to sneeze or cough, you, walk away. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and okay. do something positive. A, good diet. B, you don't smoke, I know. I know you don't drink, at least not very much, so that's pretty good. Get some exercise. I know that you don't get as much exercise as yes, you should. That's correct. Get good sleep. I think that the normal low-tech healthy things okay. are the best thing that you can do, David, is stay healthy. All right, well, I'm going to try to do that, and hopefully when I next see you, I will be even healthier than I am today. He kind of sounded a little bit like Dr. Ron Paul there, didn't he? How are we going to make him eat his words? <laughs> <laughs> I guess just by pointing it out, because I know our audience and a lot of most Americans believe that uh, pure hypocrisy from the politicians is sickening. Yeah. And they're seeing so much of it. So uh, in a way, this is good. But, uh, you know, you may have found it, but I was trying to find the exact date that he said it. But I know how to date this. All I know for sure, it was before he met Bill Gates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had met, not met Bill Gates in that time. It was in an earlier life. And now, now it's completely different. It's a different person. Yeah. And uh, I wonder if that's a physiologic thing or a psychiatric <laughs> thing or just what's going on. You know, but all of a sudden, those were, those were pretty good words. So Stay I mean, healthy. We can't, we, can't, we can't take credit for it <laughs> yeah. because that was a long time before we were talking about that's this. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, Stay but hypocrisy has been a theme that we've explored throughout this entire inglorious chapter in U.S. history. And it is such a big thing. And it's Fauci. Yeah, he's the big hypocrite. But it's also the elites. And actually, our good friend Glenn Greenwald had a great piece out uh, today about the hypocrisy of the elites. Uh, and we have all seen it. We saw Gavin Newsom, who somehow miraculously survived in California, you know, probably sent about 10 votes to each Democrat in the state. However, somehow he survived. But remember him at the French Laundry eating $300 pasta without mask while all the servants around him were all masked up. We saw Pelosi doing a fundraiser not long ago in the wine country where everyone except the elites were masked. All of the uh, predominantly minority servers and, and these sorts of things were all masked. And then we had the big outrage at, the, uh, at this award ceremony. 
in New York recently. Let's put on this picture. This, everyone knows about this now. This is uh, AOC wearing a multi-thousand dollar dress with tax the rich written on her rear end. Um, it was apparently $30,000 to get into this. So we don't know if it's a campaign gift or where she paid it for herself. But if you notice to the right of her, and this is from Glenn Greenwald's uh, piece, but you'll see all of the people that are serving the rich and the elites are all masked up. They're all gasping for air. But in each one of these places, Dr. Paul, the elites are all without masks. Unless they know the camera's on, then they'll do it, you know, like this. I can't believe it. <laughs> but that's hypocrisy, and I think Americans uh, are getting sick. Uh, they're, they're that sick might be how time. we win, right. you know. Um, I wanted to go on to another one. Yeah, yeah. And this has to do with uh, something coming out of Israel. A health ministry chief says, Danger ahead, danger ahead. And yet it wasn't too long ago. I think I read something favorably coming out of Israel. They had a study that was actually reporting the truth. But in this case, uh, it's excitement because there's so many new cases, you know. And, uh, you know, w whether they're infections or reports, from the very beginning, and we've gone over this so many times, I think we even mentioned it yesterday, is the inaccuracy and on purpose how they use statistics for propaganda. And that's what's going on here as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they report these numbers and they say that it's getting worse more than ever before. They never get into the fact that, uh, uh, you know, half of the... Half of the people in in uh, in the in the country, it is argued by people that I uh, have a lot of respect for, that half of the people now have natural immunity, and that natural immunity, this is hard to believe, yeah. is better than va than uh, immunity coming from a vaccine. Wow! That's a conspiracy <laughs> you know? theory. So <laughs> I think I think that story is very good. But this one, this terrorism, you know, in a way, once that story came out about uh, the half of the people, uh, you know, having natural immunity, they had to do something. And this is a distraction. Doesn't put it into context, you know, of, uh, of of how many there have been and how they're measured and which tests they had. And, and you know, the, the big thing is that really impresses me that not not too many people even mention it. You can't even, if you say, well, he's, he's saying uh, they're getting 10,000 new COVID cases every day. Yeah. Well, uh, we're... Where are they getting the statistic? And did they measure for a variant? Uh, you know, uh, the the D variant. Oh, we can't do that. They don't have a test that they can quickly say, "Oh, uh, this was flu, this was COVID, this was variant." Yeah. It's just there's a number ten thousand, and the hospitals are overflowing. And you know what is coming out? I don't know if we have a clip on that today, but the hospitals are overflowing, because it's very interesting to me that the that the nursing personnel are rebelling against the doctors and the hospitals because they're coming down with a different assessment. People say, oh, well, they're just nurses. Well, tell you what, I, I think I was smart enough when I was learning that if you go to a good nurse on yeah. a hospital floor that has a lot of experience, uh, you can learn from them. And they're, but they're leaving, they will in droves not sign up, so they're getting fired or yeah. threatened to being fired. So, and then they said, turn us in, Oh, the hospital's overflowing. Well, maybe they only have a third of the beds or half of the beds. So there's uh, a lot of misinformation that we're getting. They're creating a crisis because it serves the narrative, you know, that the right. hospital's overflowing. But the Israel case is fascinating. Let's put on this next clip because of the reasons 
Uh, and here's health ministry. The Israeli health ministry chief says coronavirus spread is reaching record heights. And why this is interesting is because, unfortunately for the Israelis, they are the laboratory of the world because they are the, one of the most vaccinated countries on earth. Everyone has not only one, not only two, but yes, now three shots because they have the booster. So if these shots, this is the question that people are going to start asking. If these shots are so wonderful, and if the booster is such an excellent, excellent extension of this, then why on earth are they having record numbers of cases in Israel? They should not be. And the same was true in the UK and elsewhere. So something is wrong. We don't know what it is. Is the testing, are the cycles, is it too sensitive? Is the shot causing some problems? We don't know, but Israel, if anything, should be like this, because everyone's had the shots, everyone's had the booster, everyone's done everything that they're told, and it's not having the desired result. But you know, another part of that, that question is, is that uh, the, the people who have been vaccinated, you know, are the saviors, and if you're unvaccinated, you're the enemy, yes. and you're committing practically treason you should be punished uh, for this so they they keep doing this and the uh, well, the whole thing is is the people being exposed to the unvaccinated is is not a danger well, otherwise it makes Shouldn't the way, be, way yeah. you said it, it makes the point well they don't trust the vaccine yeah. then they say well well, you, you need three. Yeah. You need three. At the same time, if uh, if if it worked, who, what, what, they wouldn't even ask the question: Are you inoculated or not? I'm inoculated, so I'm protected. Yeah. They never take that attitude. There still is hysteria, and even though uh, there were some people claiming that this evidence that we're talking about ruins the case for a vaccine uh, a passport, yeah. but but still the 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 effort to have vaccine passport pops up again it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a weapon that uh, the business people are willing to use for their own special benefits and uh, of course it's lousy medicine and they hide behind yes they say but we're on the side of science <laughs> well they claim that those of us who are free choicers are anti-vaxxers to me it seems like the vax pushers are the anti-vaxxers because like you say well you don't go you know if you have the vax you can't be around anyone who's unvaccinated well how good is that vaccine then i mean was that what, what smallpox and polio here's your vaccine but you can't go around anyone else right uh, but you talked about punishment and that's an important word because that's a segue into our next section and in fact let's put up this next clip this is from newsweek uh yesterday and you've talked a lot about monoclonal antibody treatments dr paul and this is a piece from newsweek Alabama doctors are concerned about Biden administration limiting monoclonal antibody treatments. And let's do really quick that next clip. And this is when you juxtapose these two clips. It's interesting. In Alabama, which has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country, et cetera, et cetera, HHS has taken over the uh, dis dispersal of monoclonal antibody treatment, and they're putting a bottleneck, and they're limiting Alabama. And the question, I think, rises, are they trying to punish them? for not getting vaccinated? I, I think they are. <laughs> I think that's the way politics work. They wouldn't work. do that, would they? <laughs> <laughs> and then they, what they do is they get people dependent on their largesse and they get their checks. And the, and the, the big guys, the ones that are getting billions of dollars worth of bailouts, they, they become sort of dependent, just like the poorer person that, that can't maintain a job because of uh, an economy screwed up by the government. And uh, they, they say, well, uh, 
you know, he will have to keep 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 giving the money, and they capitulate. They don't really want to, and they're they're pushing in that category. So that that to me is what, what we're really f facing, and then it becomes a penalty. Uh, it, it's as as long as the people, as long as the authoritarians, and once again, chaos is their goal. Once we get them dependent, we can use it as a weapon. It is an absolute weapon. You know, the one article a week ago, approximately, it says Texas doctor warns Florida and others, watch out, the rationing is coming, and this is what we picked up yesterday. Yeah. So it's there, and it, and I think this is the beginning of a lot more of that that they just prevent it from happening. But they've been doing this. We've been yelling and screaming when uh, they said that uh, it's going to be more difficult to uh, uh, get uh, ivermectin and and uh, hydroxy. And it's not that there's a perfect one answer for this, but the perfect answer that I'm looking for is who's going to make these decisions? And I want the decisions to may be made by non-political people, yeah. not the bureaucrats and not the politicians, but made by, you know, people who had gone to school, have a reputation, and they make a decision to whom they will turn to for advice. And that, of course, to me is a doctor-patient relationship to get advice on which medications you're going to take. But when the government has the control, they can always withdraw it for economic reasons and political reasons. Who can we blame tomorrow for the numbers? Look, skyrocketing numbers. You know, it, it's those non, uh, and the, the people who deserve all the blame are the ones who have not been vaccinated. Yeah. They haven't obeyed and, uh, and the pressure is put on there. And I have talked to some people who really are torn over this because of the social pressures to try to keep a job and do things and, and what, what kind of risk they can take. But boy, it, it is a real struggle and it looks to me like that's going to continue. It's hard to not come to the conclusion that for political reasons, not medical reasons, the people in charge, whoever they may be, Fauci or whoever, Walensky, the people who may be Pfizer, the people who are in charge do not want anyone to have access to any treatment for COVID. You either get a vaccine or you don't get a vaccine and you go into the hospital and you die. That seems to be the only two options they offer. And you, you've mentioned that some people that you've known have had a positive reaction to the monoclonal antibodies. Uh, the companies are working overtime to make it, but now somehow out of the blue, it does smack of political punishment that if you haven't gotten that shot, we're not gonna save your life. You're gonna die and it's too bad for you. Now the one thing that people should pay attention to when they see a story about why a hospital's uh, being closed down, and you uh, and, and then you find out that it's hospital personnel, and they're not they're not politicians, and and many of them, you know, because of their nursing skills and their ability to take care of sick people, were there from the very beginning, and they were exposed to all this. They're probably most all all these people that uh, you know won't take the shot. They're probably already immune. Yeah. They should be. Uh, I don't even like the idea. Well, will you? need a better test and find out if they are immune. But that would be certainly better than no matter what you have, you can still spread it. People, people have written articles about you've had two, three shots and they have huge amounts of virus within their nasal passages. Yeah. And, and they still, I actually believe that it's quite possible that people who have had vaccinations could be more infectious than most or a lot of the people who never had one vaccine and have, have natural immunity. 
And that's a question we would like to have answered, but, yeah. but nobody at the CDC is doing any studies on this because they don't, for some reason, they don't want to. They've got tons of money. They can study whatever they want. They don't seem to be interested in that, so. It would ruin uh, their scenario. I guess huh? so. Well, I don't know, do you, do you have something else or? Um, uh, not, not really. I might make a very brief mention okay. of this uh, about a, a change in the UK. Okay. And once again, it has to do from with freedom of speech. But uh, we'll we'll keep looking to Glenn Greenwald and others uh, about this. But uh, they're they're changing some rules in uh, in in England, uh, and it says reporters may face 14 years in prison. But the, the, the crime that they would commit is because, you know, you have in the media, the one of the protection of free markets is uh, that people aren't allowed to libel people. They're, they're, you're not allowed to slander or libel in a free market. But this is going over the line, and that's the big issue here is how, where, how and when do you draw the line. But they're drawing the line rather carelessly. They're saying that if a reporter or a journalist embarrasses the government, uh-huh. uh, boy, that, that's a serious crime, and then uh, they they can be uh, they can be fined money and arrested and all those kind of things that uh, they don't want, they don't want exposure. And I think of uh, uh, that's all that's already present because our whistleblowers uh, aren't well treated. How many whistleblowers are real heroes? Uh-huh. You know, they don't allow that to happen. They may be heroes to us, but but, uh, but not to the general public. Well, the UK government does a pretty good job at embarrassing itself, so I don't think they need any help. You don't need to do that. But I'll just close by saying, you know, we're we're back. We've been away for a while. We're away from our, with our conference. We're back now. We just want to remind you again, if you're not subscribed to this channel, let's grow this channel while we can. Subscribe to the Ron Paul Liberty Report YouTube channel. Make sure you click like. Uh, Make sure you do all of those things that might help the algorithms get us viewed a little bit more to get the message out. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org and sign up for updates. They're free and we don't sell your name. Uh, It's just to keep you informed, to let you know when our next event is and what we're up to and to give some ideas. So stick with us. Let's keep together. Uh, Let's keep communicating. And we certainly do appreciate you watching the Ron Paul Liberty Report. Very good. You know, I I want to uh, mention once again about what the public opinion is. And we read in the paper and hear all the news and these statistics uh, never seem favorable uh, to defend our position. So we have to question how do they do do these tests. But uh, numbers of people are important. I think leadership is very important. People who are principled and the professors and the writers, they're thought leaders. I think that's very important. But ultimately, uh, the will of people does rule. The, the, the role, the, the, the people, the prevailing opinion of the people will usually determine what kind of government they put up with. And I mentioned this the other day, and I'm going to re-mention it because I thought it was so neat. Uh, and that had to do with the football, uh, college football, I guess it's on Saturday. And uh, I did see some, some picture. I, I'm not a, a real good uh, uh, volunteer to watch a lot of sports. I love sports and I participate, but I, I've never been a good uh, a viewer. But anyway, I was watching a little bit, and one of the football games on there, had a few people, no empty seats, no social distancing, no mask on. So they must have had a crack in the door. Maybe a, 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 a governor or somebody opened it up a little bit, but they came and they weren't frightened. They weren't intimidated and there was no social distancing. And I predict that from those football games of last Saturday, 
will not be used as, an, as a reason why these numbers have gone up where they fudge the figures and say how many thousands of people you know, are, are, are getting sick because they went to the football game. You know, I mean, th- these were huge crowds. So I, I like to look at that crowd and think, you know, in reality, they're voting for liberty. Uh, they're, they're voting to have a good time at a football game, but that's what liberty is all about. Getting to use your own time, you're in charge, it is your life. Getting to do the things that you like and choose to do, of course, there's one rule you always have to follow. Do not injure another person, and then uh, I think we'd have a happier world if everybody could do what they want as long as they had that one rule. Don't injure another person, and I believe the whole world would be a lot better off, and we would have access to peace and prosperity for everyone. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Come back soon.